I'm Steph. And I'm Elle. And I'm Gabe. And this week's episode is covering Stephen King's Cujo, circa 1983. First, I want to start this very serious episode by saying rest in peace to Cujo, our favorite horror movie dog. Sorry, Cujo. Too small, too precious for this world, and gone too soon. Okay, moment of silence over. So, I have to say, I am really not a fan of movies that demonize domestic animals. Because it makes me sad. So, you know, we're just going to start by going through the movie. Cujo is a sweet St. Bernard, owned by a mechanic who's not so sweet. And he gets attacked by some bats that he accidentally scared. And surprise, he gets rabies. So... Is that what it's supposed to be? Just rabies? Yeah. (laughs) I thought it was some kind of, like, twisted vampire thing. You thought he was a vampire dog? Yeah. I don't know. It was as simple as just rabies. I mean... Really? It just seemed like a lot for just rabies. Rabbit dogs are sick. He was indestructible. Yeah, it turned him bionic. <laughs> I, I'm i just going to go ahead and stick with the fact that he might have been a vampire dog. Okay, well, I mean, that probably would have been a better story. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, he was just a dog suffering from rabies. That sucks. The movie follows a family. A dad with some juicy 70s curls. His name is Vic. Mom, Donna, and little boy, Tad. I almost said Tadithin. I'm sick. Tadithan. Uh, His name is Tadithan. It is canon. That's it. It's Tad is short for Tadithan. All right. So Tad is such a sweet little baby. He is plagued by nightmares from the monster in his closet. And his dad, sweet man that he is, comes up with monster words to help ease him and let him know there's nothing in the dark that you have to be afraid of. And the mom is a sad lady who's having an affair with the dude who fixes their shit. The town stud. Quote unquote <laughs> stud. I literally almost choked to death. The word stud is clearly relative. Like, I guess it just depends on what you have going on in your town. And in this town, stud means a man who can fix your table and also has a mattress that's on the floor. And it's also a generic space. stock 70s guy with disgusting tidy whitey. And I guess she likes that. So, you know, her prerogative. Meanwhile, her man is like a successful ad exec who literally does nothing wrong at all. And she just felt like doing that. But, you know, whatever. I think, you know what I wrote down is they're boring and bored of each other. That's what it seemed like. That was the vibes I got. That makes me wonder what life was like when Vic and Donna were young. Like what their courting was like. Or if they literally just, you know, went on several dates and decided, "Hmm, I guess we should get married. Nothing better to do, you know. That's kind of what it seems like. There seems to be Mm -hmm. a lot of that in the town because the mechanic also, like, how do you get his wife? Yeah. Because he's a nothing man. Like, he has a few lines, really. The other thing is, I'm just going to float this. I don't think wife would ever come back either way. No. I think she was getting away. Yes, and she said it gently so that he wouldn't cause her any issues while she was trying to leave. And good for her. Mm -hmm. She just saw the chaos. Smart lady. I think she might be the most functioning adult in the entire movie, to be honest with you. I would have to agree. Mm -hmm. Everyone else 
It's just like, the worst. Patterson's parents, but the point where the affair is revealed, if they would have just fucking talked to each other like normal human beings, they probably could have quashed like most of the movie. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Because here's the thing. Okay, let me just let me just round some things out before we talk about that. They end up at this dude's house to fix their shitty car. Okay, and he's on a business trip and he's angry with her because he found out about the affair. If he hadn't been so angry and like just didn't want to talk about it and wanted to punish her, he would have made sure that fucking car was fixed before he left town because they don't have cell phones and his child needs to be transported places. What if something happened to him? No, she needs to have a way to get him places or you know, medicine if he gets sick. Like, he was gone for three days. Anything can happen with children in three days. And he just left her with a shitty car. Also, I don't know. There's just no way in hell I would be driving my kid out to, like, some remote place with a creepy guy being the mechanic out there that I don't know very well. Anyway, like, I just, maybe it was a different time, the 80s, you know, the Wild West of the 80s. (laughs) Uh, I would never. She's also not a smart lady. That's true. How many times did she get out of that fucking car and like just stand there? She's wearing heels she could stab things with. (laughs) What the fuck is going through her brain? Instead, she felt like she needed to trip over them. Yeah, and like fucking kneel on the ground and look for the dog that was right behind her. I don't know. All of those scenes made me super tired so before they get to this man's house you know and they're showing scenes of their daily life there's a scene that reminded me of child's play because little tadathan is getting his cereal and he's watching tv and he pours massive amounts of sugar into it and andy did the same thing when he was making breakfast in bed for his mom. He poured so much sugar into it. And I know that's such a tiny thing, but I'm always wondering, like, why are you letting your kid have access to that much sugar to dump into their cereal? I think it might be like a statement on the way that that generation was raised. Just be put in front of the TV and plied with sugar so that you'll leave your parents the fuck alone. Yeah, to have affairs and shit. Yeah, I mean, I was a little later. I was born in 85. So I grew up in the late 80s, early 90s, and my parents did that. They parked me in front of the TV. Damn. Okay, and then speaking of the cereal. What was the catchphrase? It was like, nope, nothing wrong here or something like that. Why are they using this old man to sell kids cereal? I thought the same thing. Because, you know, when you think of specifically cereal, right? You got Tony the Tiger, Lucky Leprechaun. You got like these cartoon characters. But I don't remember exactly, but I think they said something about Mr. Rogers. Oh. I could be completely wrong, but I could have sworn they said something like, oh yeah, this is like our Mr. Rogers. I guess that makes sense, but he's like Mm -hmm. a professor of cereal. That is going to be my new title, professor of cereal. (laughs) Nobody can fight me on that. I can act like I got an education. But I thought that Donna was really insensitive to the situation when he's like trying to tell her like he's stressed and this is my ad campaign and I'm fucking making kids bleed or whatever. And she's just like, oh, you'll be fine. You're always fine. And I'm like, Okay, well, I'm sorry. He hasn't had there. Huh? No, it was a red dye. I know. But. Yeah. <laughs> Right, but he's about to lose a big account for his company. That's how he supports your cheating ass. And she's just like, oh, it's fine. <laughs> I think that that indifference, though, I don't know, maybe they're just all bad people, but I think it's something that builds up over time. So I don't know. We're just kind of peeking into people's lives in a moment. So I just have a feeling that there was just a lot of indifference going on both ways for a long time based on the way that that relationship seemed to run. They were very think- boring. Yes. They 
really are. But it's fine. So I guess to spice things up in between scenes of them, you know, living their life, you see the slow decline of Cujo's health before he starts, you know, like eating people or whatever, killing them. And it's really freaking sad to see those scenes where mm-hmm. sensitive to the loud noises and he's obviously suffering. Mm-hmm. And he's crying and no one yes. is paying any attention to that. <sighs> one and thing that really soul. freaking pissed me off is how does your dog walk around with a wound on its nose like that for so fucking <laughs> long and you not take it to the vet or even look at it? Right. I know everything about my little dog. Like, if he Mm -hmm. has anything that's different about him, I'm going to notice. If they cared about their pet at all, they would have sought to it. But that guy, I, you know, the mom was really focused on getting the fuck out of there. Because he was probably abusive. Oh, yeah, dude. He smacked her. Okay, so he was definitely abusive. And so I understand that dog is probably not her top priority. It's going to be her son. The dad doesn't give a shit about anything. So like, poor Cujo. Well, also, so I live in a rural area. And still, if you let your animal run, you're a piece of shit. Because they shouldn't be fucking with the wildlife. Because domestic animals aren't part of the natural ecosystem. So people that let their animals run, they kill birds. They fuck with the natural balance of the place. And it gets them into trouble like that. And as somebody who hikes and runs, if I come across an unattended dog, that's a bad situation for me oh the cambers were bad from the beginning because they shouldn't have let their dog run to begin with and then they weren't attentive when they let their dog run they put him in danger and then they didn't even notice that he had a bite on him so they were just trashed through and through but i mean i get that the mom was distracted at the moment but yeah but that bite on his nose was gnarly it was it was nasty yeah yeah Yeah, it was very visible. It wasn't like you had to like stare at him to figure it out. Okay, so then the mom tells Stedmuffin that things are over. I guess she was just freaking done. And she says some shit like, you know, I've got this great guy at home and this great kid. So I guess I should stop being a piece of shit. (laughs) So like, bye. And then he comes over and tries to like take her. And he knows that the kid is home. And I think that's so disgusting. Like, who does he think he is? He's like, oh, I get what I want. Yep, I get what I want with my nasty-ass underwear. God, I fucking hate that guy. I hate that guy. (laughs) I mean, I bake and stuff, but I don't just leave, like, milk and eggs out on my counters so that people can come in through my unlocked door and smack (laughs) against stuff and make huge messes. It was for decoration. She was trying to seem like a good housewife, so she left that shit out. I was just so busy baking, I didn't have time (laughs) to put this away because I'm such a good wife. It's a deflection tactic. Okay, so that happens. The son walks in, and I hated the look on his face when he was like, are you okay? Like, what? Like, he can sense a disturbance in the force. And like, fuck you for putting your child through that. So, you know, the dad gets pissed, and then he leaves. So the car is not fixed. And there's a scene with Cujo, and the mechanic's friend was literally antagonizing him. Like, yes, he got a little bit attacked, but then he's like, instead of going away and like trying to get help, because Cujo kind of backed off a little bit, he's like swatting. So he's like eye level with him and like encouraging him. Yeah, he wasn't very bright. Uh, I hated when after she broke things off and she was like going to his car and this motherfucker runs after her, mm-hmm. that the husband happened to see it while driving right? by <laughs> and whipped around and then they're gone. I'm like, girl. He was actually calm as fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) He was angry, but like he wasn't flipping out and screaming and stuff. All right. So I've spent a lot of time talking about them, the affair, and the serial. Because talking about the real scary parts makes me uncomfortable. So when they get up the hill and the car breaks down and Cujo like first attacks, there is a scene 
where the camera is spinning. Mm. Tad is in the back screaming his little head off. It actually made me feel like ill mm-hmm. to watch. Like I was on a bad spinning ride through one of those tunnels. Oh, and that scene in Willy Wonka where they're in the boat and there's all the like scary images. Well, that's what it's like. We should watch it. So I actually don't have a lot of notes on the actual them in the car because uh, I, I couldn't. I don't know at what point, but I put that Tad needs therapy. Yeah. It was just very hard because Tad really genuinely seemed to be in anguish. And Kuja was just covered in shit. Like, I don't know what it was that he's covered in, but it just made it so much scarier. Like when he's trying to jump through the windows and she's pushing him off. So he's got to be like, slimy i don't know i just hated it i hated it so much and then hearing your baby scream and you cannot do shit to get him out of that situation it's a lot and i don't Um, even have children (laughs) something that i was thinking about is the difference that having a cell phone would have made you know Mm -hmm. you could just call and say hey can you come like there's a dog and he's a vampire dog and he's trying to (laughs) but imagine calling for help and saying there's a vampire dog trying to get me they're not going to help you also on my notes i said that steve is a psycho because he showed up to the house and then just tore everything up for what so, you know, he did that, and then you know, that warranted the cops. Anyway, then the cop goes to the mechanic's house. Those cops were, were incompetent. Oh, man. And like, this past cop a certain is... age, no offense. Yeah. I don't think you should be handling crime. He wasn't quick to draw his gun when Gujo attacked him. Right. And he's dangling on the wood and, like, trying to get across, and he ended up just getting tore up. And then Donald Jones was just taking way too long to get out of the car and run. But then she did try... And then Kujo immediately was like, oh, no, 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 no. He, like, he really wanted them for some reason. His attention was off the cop. Even though he had the cop there and he was able to tear him up or whatever, he wanted her. There were two old cops. So one who went to the mechanic's place and the other one who the house with the husband. And the husband's like, okay, have you heard from your boy? And he's like, no. He's like, don't you think you should check me? And then, you know, she goes to get Tad out of the car. And she's having trouble and she's like trying to open the doors or whatever. And she decides to smash the the trunk window where he's Mm -hmm. like, why wouldn't you break literally any other window that was not near him and then (laughs) make your way inside? She's not a smart lady. She's not a smart lady. Okay, so there's panic going on at that point. The kid has been having seizures. I'm guessing because heat stroke. But that's what I thought. The thing of it is, I went back and I looked up the plot and everything, and it is rabies. But he met the dog. The dog huh. licked him in the mouth, and I was like, "That's bad because rabies is spread by saliva." But I mean, oh. it has to be a good amount of saliva too. And then the mom gets bit, and then proceeds to kiss and rub her blood all over <laughs> the kid, which is another. <laughs> it made me uncomfortable in ways that. The pandemic has has already flared up for me. So honestly, it was not my idea of a good time. This movie was an hour and a half of anxiety. And why the fuck aren't you behaving? Because really, the thing of it is, she saw that bat in the beginning of that shit. And if she wouldn't have been so distracted the first time she tried to get out and just crouch down on the ground instead of running straight for the bat. Yeah, she had a lot of time to think about a plan. And I'm sorry, but rabies doesn't make you super dog. It doesn't make you bionic dog. And he has to sleep. You're actually sick. It would make sense that you sleep more. In fact, you're having seizures and having trouble staying conscious and functioning. And he headbutts the door twice, blood everywhere, doesn't knock himself out, doesn't have seizures then. 
goes through a window, no seizures, gets yeah. hit with a baseball bat, gets it through his neck, still gets up. No, not having seizures. I don't get what the fuck was going on here. I did read that Stephen King wrote this while he was hard on the booze. So that could have been the explanation there. Yeah. I think actually it's time for Gabe's fun fact. Fun fact. In an early draft, Cujo is supposed to be possessed by a serial killer from Stephen King's other book, The Dead Zone. And it was supposed to be Frank Dodd that was possessing him. But he eventually scrapped it because he thought the idea of that would be too outlandish. Rabies making the dog invincible. Totally believable. Yeah, know your audience. Honestly, that would have been better, though. I agree. There was just too much of Cujo suffering. And, like, I like supernatural peril. I don't like real life peril as much. That's why I don't really like slasher movies either. Yes. It was just so hard. Mm -hmm. Okay, but also, that leads me to another interesting fact. Where they shot it, it's supposed to be in the summer, but it was cold. It was like winter in California where they um, shot it. So they're like freezing to death. And damn. Yes. And they had that child shirtless? Yes. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Like, it was so bad. That scene where she finally gets him out and she's quote unquote cooling him down with water, she's literally using more, like hot water on him. Some damn um, good actors, though, because they really stole being heat sick. Right. That's what I'm saying. So that was really freaking cool. But, like, it was so hard on them that Dee Wallace, she had to be treated for exhaustion after the movie. Yeah, so that's a lot. And then the trainer that they used was the same trainer who trained the St. Bernards and Beethoven. Oh, and there were a lot of different dogs that played Cujo, obviously. So Yeah. Poor babies. Okay, and another thing about the dogs. So Dee Wallace had a stunt double. And I think it was that scene where Cujo gets in the car and is like on top of her and she's like, shove him off well they called cut and the dog got down or whatever but the stunt double forgot that dogs get startled and jumped up and was like yeah and it scared the dog that the dog jumped up and bit the tip of her nose off oh you can't fault the dog because like bitch no (laughs) okay so there's this heartbreaking scene where Tad is in the car and he's yelling for his dad and then Donna yells back like all right I'll get your daddy and they almost took it out because they thought that the audience might turn against her character and I'm like you thought that the affair for no reason wouldn't do that but like this would do it to be honest though when she said that it did make me feel some type of way like whoa don't yell at him it didn't make me feel any kind of way because she's in there yeah, and it was probably like too. a knee-jerk reaction. Yeah, like, like okay, she was actually very even-tempered and had her shit together for a lot of it, more than I would probably be able to. Being panicked, yeah. she was pretty good with the kid overall. Yeah, yeah, she snapped a shit. few times, but and she kept telling the kid it was okay, it's gonna be okay. I don't know if I could have done that. No, I feel like I would have been in there crying with him. Like, let's yep. just rock. And cry. Yeah, let's just roll up into balls and cry. (laughs) Right, that would be my response. So she actually pushed for it to stay in there. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I feel like it was a good thing to have in there. Here's something, and this is maybe very conspiratorial. But daddy, he's very dark haired, his hair is (gasps) curly, and the little boy is blonde, straight hair, just like beardy boy. Oh Uh, no. I was just thinking it might be a John Redcorn situation. John I don't know how Redcorn. long it was going on. But... 
I can see it. And that sucks. Okay, but then that kind of, like, the end of the movie where um, he goes to, like, embrace them and it freezes right there. Like, we'll never know what happens. Yeah. If they're yeah. ever going to be okay. I left with so many questions. Like, I wanted to know about the mom that got away, too. Like, if she's okay. You yes, know. please make a movie about her. I hope that she marries a man who okay so i have a couple more stephen king actually doesn't remember writing the book because he is an alcoholic and he was drinking a lot while he wrote this and he's sad about it because it's an experience that he wishes he had and it makes me sad for him and also in the book ted dies which oh yeah fucked up and that's probably why i won't read the book because no thanks but Stephen uh, King approved the happy ending, you know, because film is a different medium. Yeah. You really have to work, which is so funny because of how hard he hated The Shining. <laughs> Poor Stanley Kubrick. I personally mm-hmm. love it, but, you know, I also haven't gone around to reading the book. I bought it. It's yeah. in my house. And I only bought it because Dr. Sleep was so good. It's the last one I bought, and I haven't read it yet. It's just sitting Please here on my shelf. read it. Oh, my gosh. It is so good. And the movie is set in Kubrick's universe, which I'm so happy that Stephen King approved that. We should do Doctor Sleep. I am completely down for that. Okay. <laughs> Any final thoughts on Cujo? I wouldn't watch it again, but I think it's one that people should watch. Yeah, it's worth watching once. You said this earlier, but I do think that the acting, especially towards the end of the movie, is really good. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that was Cujo. Next week's movie is called The Evil Within, and you can find the entire movie on YouTube. It's going to be an interesting one. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at GIT Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at WitchXPudding. Follow me at Nocturnical. And you can follow me at Gabe Okay, bye!